Hello, Mike. Hello. How's it going? It is going great. Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, I got a wife to nurse back to health and a child who wants to run outside a lot and another child who wants to see animals a lot. So I think I'm going to be outside a good bit while Jazz basically recuperates inside the house. So you're going to be fa- doing fatherly type things on Father's Day. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. I think at some point I want to get out into, um, I think I told you this, I want to get out to the trail nearby, near the stream, and get some good old peace and quiet for at least like 20 minutes if I can at some point. That oh, would be nice. That sounds so good. Like, do you try and hike and stuff like that fairly often, or is this kind of like a treat for you? You know, um, I would like to hike and whatnot more often. I walk I walk on our dirt road to the our like family friends trail through some some rural areas and there's a stream nearby and whatnot pretty often. I would say I do that like three times a week. Okay. There you go. Um so it and it feels like I'm hiking a little bit because there's some big grade changes in that area and some hills and whatnot. But it's really just to like chill by the stream, get a little bit of biking in, get some steps in, and and feel like I'm away from things for a little bit. Get a little get a little uh, forest bathing. I love it. I love it. That's really good for you. I mean, there, there's lots of evidence out there that just going into nature for a while really grounds you and makes you feel good and and does all the things yeah yeah you remember Ahmad? yeah i do so Ahmad does this retreat where um and i'm pretty sure he still does it in his retreats where he where he emphasizes the i believe it's a japanese style of forest bathing that just cues people into using their senses and going slowly through a environment. It doesn't even have to be a natural environment. It could be like you're in uh, a room where there's some kind of nature that you can tune into, you know, like whether that's the smell of it or the color of it or the texture of it. So you think about your different senses and you think about how you're interacting with nature using your senses and it helps you get like more deep into the experience well it's like mindfulness pointed at nature almost like exactly like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i could see that i mean being some like i hike a lot and i do i see that value a lot and i can i love just going on a hike and watching a stream or watching the trees kind of wave in the wind yeah Uh, it's something primal like it it calms you but it also kind of puts you in touch with things you don't normally experience in your day-to-day in like our day-to-day lives where we're like in front of computers or in front of the tv or something like that and it really it really like sets my mood really well i mean i don't know all the science behind it but i know i feel great after doing it i feel like it's very settling if that makes sense and and it almost seems especially when you do it with the different senses. It almost seems like you're calibrating your senses or like tuning 
your senses, you know, like you tune a guitar so the notes come out the way you want them to. It's almost right. like you're tuning your senses a little bit in the, in the in the most natural way, like in the way that your brain has evolved to tune its senses. You know, well, that's what it kind of the way it kind of makes me think about is is that you know two thousand years ago all we had was nature. So like, that's what kind of our, our frequency is set to almost, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and really what in the past 300 years, 200 years really only is, is now this new civilization we live in with technology and just the, the go, go, go. And I wonder, I wonder if there is, I'm sure there's science that backs this, but like, like getting in tune with what our bodies are made for, like nature and just outside in in the elements is really what sets our equilibrium or just kind of, kind of levels us us out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's definitely, there's got, there's, I've, I've read many things and seen many, uh, magazine articles and papers published on it it just just there's different uh ways it's referenced like nature bathing is one way but there's also like nature time or like green time it's a lot of different uh ways it's referenced but it really helps i think which is our topic of today it really helps with like brain health over your lifespan and and I would say it would probably be a longevity improver. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it would definitely improve your longevity. I think as a strategy, as you age, it's just getting out in nature more. I'm sure there's some research on that. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about longevity. And, and so what is longevity? I mean, I, I think we can kind of spin in what you were saying to it. Like once we define longevity a little bit, and and really and really know what we're talking about here. So, what is longevity and fitness? So, the way I think of it in terms of fitness is and health. being able to do the things you want to do for a long period of time, and that usually means well into your senior years. Right. Okay. Because fitness is just fitness itself is the ability to do or engage in different activities, right? So you have the fitness to do that. And then longevity in terms of fitness is being able to do those things for a long period of time. And probably, I guess it has to be longer than the average right now in order to be considered a longevity thing. Like enhancer? Could we say enhancer? It seems, yeah, it seems like it has to be an enhancement of some sort. Okay. Because, but the average, I mean, the average fitness level for people in our country over the age of 50, let's say, is not very high. So it's a low bar. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely, it's definitely something that I think most people prioritize or want to prioritize. Okay. Okay. So we're going to be talking about longevity uh, longevity today. Do we want to go over a little bit of our current training just to kind of update everybody? It's been a while since we've done that. Yeah. And what, and it's one of the things that made me think of this lately as well, because, well, I don't know. I don't think you've seen it, but I've been going pretty hard in the paint about 
getting up from the ground and uh, fall prevention. Okay. Because I've had last couple months, I've had a couple of clients who have fallen and a couple of clients who who are new who want to be able to get up from the ground. Like they're not able to and their main goal is to be able to, which is a, a source of independence for a lot of people. Yeah. Then so when you can't get up from the ground, you don't feel that, that movement freedom as much. And it's hard to imagine unless you've been in that scenario. Maybe if you've been injured, you can imagine it a little bit, you know, in a way that makes it hard to get up from the ground. And then you realize how much it sucks not being able to get up from the ground. Or maybe you've fallen and you've noticed how much it sucks to fall in a way that makes the fall even worse, like fall in a way that injures you. So, I mean, I've had back issues for a long time. And when I've had a couple back spasms, it's taken me to the ground and I haven't been able to get up for a little while. It's a little bit different than like being semi healthy and being able to like get up off the ground. But right. I, I've at least felt that mental like it really is a weird feeling like to not really be able to move and get off the ground and and i think a lot of people when they age they do start becoming aware of that because there's lots of information out there that points to like falling is a bit is a is a not good thing for for older people and and just being able to get back up and you know be able to get to a phone or something like that is is a very important skill and even if you do get injured when you fall down, I mean, having that strength, you know, to kind of know how to get up and, and at least have your body programmed, like to be able to stand up, I think is super important. Yeah. And it's, and the skill of falling too, I would say like building the skill of falling well. So there's different ways to fall as well. And unless you, Unless you've been taught that or you've grown up in an environment that teaches that just naturally, a lot of people fall really badly, I would say. They don't have good technique falling. Yeah, I can imagine training for this. You just throw a bunch of banana peels like like onto some slippery floor <laughs> and walk through it. No, but all joking aside, falling is very okay. serious. <laughs> But uh, but it would be fun. Uh, it makes me think of the dodgeball quote. You know, when uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge anything. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you, so? What what are you up to? But I'm I'm mostly working on like uh, floor work a lot right now. Basically, in my, in terms of my training, I'm working on a lot of floor work. I'm doing a lot of different types of hip exercises, stuff like that. Okay. And that always feels good for me. Okay. Okay. I'm doing a, I'm, I'm doing just a sort of balance training, which I would kind of go towards maybe longevity, but it's, it's for me, it's kind of a, an in-between, uh, you know, training I'm doing right now. So it's just two days of cardio, two days of yoga and two full body workouts. And so I just okay. got back. I just got back from the and beach, and uh, and so it's it's kind of tough. You know, I, I was I'm not, I wasn't feeling very good in most of my workouts this week, um, and so I just want to kind of 
do a couple easy full body workouts, keep the cardio in and, and do a little bit uh, extra yoga. So six days a week uh, with one day off is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. But you got a nice and uh, split up right now. So that's yeah. good. You have uh, the different categories on the different days. Yeah, I like I like it. You know, uh, Andrew Huberman actually put out some information on his workouts and it's closer to what he he talks about because he has Mm -hmm. he I don't know his exact protocol, but you can check it out if you just search him on Google. But he has two two cardio days in there. Basically, he does a strength training day and then a cardio day and then a rest day. So it's pretty minimalistic. Like when it comes like if you talk to people who are in training, uh, like really only two full body workouts or maybe three full body workouts he has. And then he has a, a high intensity cardio day and then a low intensity cardio day. And so I'm just going yeah. to have a kind of well-balanced overall uh, thing like in this transition period before I really set my next goal. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, Andrew Huberman is a really good source I would say for longevity, by the way, and and Peter Atia. Have you seen much on from Peter Atia? I have. Yeah, yeah. He's actually local too. He's uh in the DMV area. I think he actually got his doctorates at Johns Hopkins. Oh, that's cool. He does the sleep stuff, right? The sleep studies. No, that's uh Matthew Walker. That's who I think of. Oh, okay. From so what Peter Atia. Peter Adia, he's a bald dude um, and who was in the series in the, I think it's Disney. Yeah, the Disney series with Chris Hemsworth, the actor who plays Thor called Limitless. Okay. Got a lot of press for a while. That's also actually a really good source for a little edutainment on longevity, I would say. That was done really well. I really liked how they did that. Whereas usually I see a lot of health and fitness themed documentaries and whatnot. And they go very much like pop health and fitness, which isn't, which isn't always accurate and not my favorite source of information. I don't like referring people, but limitless on Disney was pretty good with Chris Hemsworth and Peter Atia is kind of his, the doctor who oversees the different challenges for him to do. Yeah. Okay. He's the longevity guy. So he does talk a little bit about sleep, but he's not the sleep guy. He's no, he's like longevity. He all talks about like health span and lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those are really, really cool how he breaks those things down. Cool. Cool. But, right. but he has, he has, my point is he has a similar training schedule. I don't even know who came up with it first, uh, Adia or Huberman, but they actually are in similar circles and they talk a lot and they, share notes a lot true so those are two awesome resources you can check out after this podcast uh yeah Adia. if you want to go deep we're going to be like surface level we're going to be like 101 they're going to be like 401 <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah yeah so this is from two strength coaches basically in in just our realm of fitness but I would say that's a good example of um, of 101 and 401 as well, because I'm kind of on the 101 uh, six days a week strategy, and you're on like the 401 six days a week strategy. <laughs> yeah. um, 
basically just because right now life is crazy with me, I would say. So I'm doing, I'm doing, if I would say 20 minutes, most workouts, but just trying to get a lot of steps right now going. I actually, I'm getting so many steps right now. I actually have had to tone things down and that's why I've been on the floor more doing stretch work and mobility work more. Cause I have to, I have to do all the steps that jazz had, had to do when she, when she was able to walk around. Cause I got to go and do that stuff like around the house and outside and gardening. Gardening's adding a lot of steps right now. So like, so what do you consider more steps and, and what were you feeling when you had more steps that you decided to tone it down a bit? Um, I usually have my Achilles and my ankles on, on, on like orange alert level (laughs) whenever I'm getting high in my steps, I would say. So I pay attention to those a good bit. Um, and I feel those and I don't know if it's like why I feel those a lot, except for the fact that I've, I've injured both my Achilles in the past. Well, like I try to pay attention to them a lot. So that way I don't get into situations where I'm, where I'm dehydrated. Cause that's when, that's when like my calves and my Achilles just stop working. basically, Right. right. Or I'm overly fatigued, you know? So, do you so think- yeah. Does that answer the question? I think it does. Yeah. And so do you think important and like, an, so let's so to roll into longevity here a little bit more. Do you think an important part of longevity training in general and, and longevity for health is to be hyper aware of your body and, and really know your body as well as you can heading into those later years in life? Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, you need to. Now, the way you find out about it is different. Is different for everybody, you know. But there are some pretty, pretty substantial and common ways that are accessible now to do that. And whereas they didn't always used to be as accessible, it used to be that people would have to write a journal, you know. Yeah. And, and jot things down on the rig there. And it's, it doesn't feel natural as much, but there's a lot of things now that you can use to track your health and to increase your overall awareness of like how you move and how you feel and those kind of things. And it's, it's a lot easier to do that. And it's really just a matter of getting into that routine of doing it. And then after a while, it just becomes a habit. And, sure. and then, you know, and then you're used to knowing and it's just a normal thing that you do. So would you say getting a tracker is definitely if you really want to like uh, focus in your long term longevity, health and fitness, getting a tracker is probably a pretty important place to start. I'm a pretty big fan of some kind of tracker. Yeah. Yeah. And I get and I, I hear a lot of the I get and understand a lot of the reasons why people don't like them. Like there's little like the the charging of them i don't like having things on my wrist that kind of stuff but i mean there's there's different trackers for most of those problems you know they may not just not be the the tracker that you're thinking of like there's belt ones there's clip ones there's necklace ones there's wrist ones there's 
strap ones. There's yeah. ones you put in your butt. You know, it's like a bubble gump and shrimp, basically. <laughs> Yeah, ring ones that like the ring yeah ones. ring ones. Yep, there's ones for high budget. There's ones for low budget. Yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, it's it's really useful to have some have some biometric data, and and to be more aware because we live in a time where we don't get healthy cues from our environment. You know, we, we tend to get the opposite from our environment. And because of that, you have to intervene with your health behaviors <laughs> to stay healthy Absolutely. or to get healthy. And in order to intervene, you need to have, you need to make educated steps and, and plans to do so, or else it's not going to happen because it's not natural, basically. All right, so, is, so from the dude who likes to be like earthing outside and, and nature bathing, by the way, <laughs> you, know, you gotta you gotta take the yin yin with the yang here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big like balance is a huge part of longevity. So, I mean, all right, so so somebody comes to you and they're like, I just want to train for longevity. So you recommend them to start doing some fitness tracking. You know, you talk to them about being more mindful about their body. And, and using that fitness tracker too, you can, you can check your heart rate and how you're sleeping and everything. And then you can make adjustments from that. Now, what would just be some regular things that you start recommend? Now we're getting into longevity. So like, what are your recommendations for longevity? Uh, Basically like the whole episode, what we're talking about starts now. Right. Right. In the, in the realm of fitness too, because there's things like um, I was, we were joking before we talked about this. There's things like putting on your seatbelt, for example, you know, and, 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 um, and looking both ways before you cross the road, like definitely <laughs> continue to do, to do, do those things. Cause apparently they, that can take like 10 years off your projections pretty quickly. Just simple <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but other than that, in the ter- in terms of fitness, it's really one of the, there's a couple of big ones. I guess should I, I'll list them off and then we'll see how deep we go in each of them. But some of the big ones are things like uh, standing on one leg balance, um, a b- step up ability, like ability to go up a uh, standard step. I think it's like a four, four or six inch step. There's grip strength. And some of these have been more researched than others too. Like grip strength has been researched a lot. Um, there oh and then there's getting up from the ground which is which is the one i've kind of been harping on lately with clients and whatnot because getting up off the ground is also really useful in terms of teaching people how to fall because getting up off the ground is kind of like falling in reverse and so you can get two birds with one stone with that one and that's probably a lot of strength and mobility issues that you can solve just working on that in pieces. Okay. Okay. I would say. So yeah, that's, that's the top longevity measurements I've seen when it comes to predicting people's ability or uh, people's quality of life. 
So longevity and fitness, kind of what we're talking, like more specifically what we're talking about today, it's almost like reverse engineering problems that you can see yourself having when you're 75 or 80 or 80 years old. And then, and just taking the time and the years to make sure that you can complete all those tests before it's, it's a little bit too late. Cause I, I mean, I know I've seen clients who, I'm working with, uh, I've worked with my father actually has been kind of interesting in the, over the past year. And he was fairly, he was extremely healthy for a, a long time. And then he was fairly sedentary from 50 to 70 and, and he's been working on it, but it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's right on the borderline where I'm just trying to do the little things like that, like work on balance uh, work on being able to stand up uh, from like a like a half kneel or a kneel. All those things are are pretty tough for him, and just being able to do those are a lot of things that I've been focusing on because that's functionally that's what he's going to need to do. And so I really like what you're saying now. Really focus on that. Focus on that stuff from the get go. Focus on that when you're 30, 40, 50 years old. So that by the time you're 70, by the time you're 80, you can do those very proficiently and your body is already programmed to, to really be able to do them. Right. Right. And what's the saying? If you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. And how true is that? I mean, we all know we've all stopped working out for six months and it's pretty hard to get back going again. Yeah. Yeah. And the flip side of that is if you work out for a long time, your amount of strength you lose when you stop working out, the, the rate that you lose that strength is a lot lower. So if you, if you get a really solid foundation, you can actually not strength train or what tends to happen is some, something in your life gets crazy, you know? And you go away from strength training for a little bit. When you come back, yes, it'll be hard and it'll be weak, but it'll come back a lot more quickly. Yes. And I think that's because you've already developed those neuro pathways to uh, perform those exercises properly. And so, I mean, your, your mind and body remember things. And so as long as you do train something for 20 years, then you're going to, you should be able to do it. Like you said, it's going to be hard. You might be sore, you know, you might be exhausted from it, but your body will, it'll come back very quick because it's already something that's almost ingrained in you. Yeah. It's just like a road that's been made and then maybe not maintained for a while. Like that road's going to last and be functional. It may not be efficient, you know, but it's going to last for a while. And if you, go away from maintaining it for a while and you come back to it, it's easier to fix that up than to build a whole new road a lot of times. Exactly. You're just uh, putting the asphalt in the potholes. Right. That kind of thing. <laughs> you do some maintenance and you get, you get things running clear, cleanly through there again. Right. And exactly. Your brain, uh, I think some of the theory around like the grooves in your brain is, is, makes, makes me think of that a lot. Like how the grooves in your brain are created and how you have roads that are kind of like grooves in your brain. Yeah. Do you remember, we went a little bit deep into that in one of our most recent episodes. Do you remember if that was our vacation episode? I don't know. I feel like I talk about that one a lot. I feel like a broken record with that one, honestly. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's important and it's true too, right? Yeah. Cause that's yeah. how, that's how 
we as humans learn anything. If you're learning any new skill, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a blank road and you need to pave that road. And then over time, like say, then if you stop using that road, gravel gets thrown on it, holes get on it. Maybe it gets overgrown by the trees and then you have to go in and you have to clean it up and it takes some time to, to clean that up. Right. Right. But if you do it and you do it for a solid amount of time, you can get back into it quicker. So if you, if you invest basically your time early, it'll help a lot when you get older. Right. So, okay. Keys to longevity. So far we have tracking mm-hmm. and then we also have uh, making sure that that road that you're paving uh, stays fairly clean from a young age to an old age. And mm-hmm. then you listed out the exercises that, that you kind of want to shoot for so far. And, right. and okay. Now what else do we have? So then you also have things like sleep quality. Yep. Okay. And I, I wonder how much this fits into fitness, but I always think this is really interesting. I guess this is like the social behavioral side of me, but uh, like your social network, your, your, like your community, community involvement and, and seeing other people and hanging out with other people is a big factor. Which I always think is interesting. So you should work out with with people, which is what I try and do with the out outs. That's what makes me think of it, basically. Well, the the social factor is proven, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like that's a big part of life because just interacting with humans is is just something that's ingrained in in us. Right. Um, and, We're one of the most is- animals on the planet, so you would think that that would be a, a requirement for our quality of life. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of the things I was thinking about uh, with so I guess along the lines with social is just to have fun. Do you think do you think that is part of the social oh, quality? Or- you know, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, that's also been a theme lately that I've been working on with some clients, it, because, especially ones that um, are doing all the right things. And they're like a typers mm-hmm. and they're. And they're working hard and they're working out hard and they're like, they're, they're trying to get better sleep. So the recovery is a little, a little wonky and they're not seeing results like they want to see them. And they're just pushing so hard, you know, and once they prioritize a little bit of fun, like healthy fun Mm -hmm. into their lives, the the some of those sticking points they just slide right through and it and it's so funny when i ask if they're doing anything for fun yeah cuz they look at me like i'm i'm talking about or i'm speaking another language i guess <laughs> you know i think personal like training in general uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people think of as a chore Mm-hmm. And, and, and they don't incorporate fun into it. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I, the, I mean, I'm not even that old. I'm in my mid thirties and I've had to incorporate, I try and incorporate fun things into my daily life uh, that are active all the time because, because you get bored of training um, and training can become a chore and, and you need to, and for me, I love adding the fun factor into it because then I'm not, I'm, I'm not only getting some cardio in, but 
Like for me, I'll just say my example is uh, I shoot hoops. I, I play basketball. I know I don't really play basketball because for me, I have like a little bit of a, it, it increases my risk because I have some interesting stuff with my ankle. Um, but for me, just shooting hoops for 30 minutes, it's great movement for my shoulders. Uh, I get a little bit of jumping in. I can choose for it to be a little bit more intense if I want to. But I'm also just having fun and being outside and playing basketball. So so I think adding that fun into your cardio or any, any part of your routine, and, and not even your specific workout routine, but just your life in general, can make a huge difference in, in longevity, I guess, what we're talking about today, uh, because you can last longer. Yeah. Yeah, I think fun is a very... A uh, very good one to pay attention to. And there's some really interesting research on that. I had a professor um, who was a sports psychologist in college who did a lot of research on fun uh, and act, fun activities and, and the, in how, how much more effective they were in health outcomes and producing health. And it was staggering. It was staggering. Just to, it's funny because as a teacher, she wasn't very fun, though. <laughs> she was kind of a hard ass, which was completely confused me. <laughs> well, but, how often do we not implement our own research? You know, like we, we learn all this stuff, but then we don't do it in our own lives because we're just teaching it or whatever. Right, right. I guess. I guess. Well, you know, one thing that I'm learning right now in that book, I think I told you I was reading that book, like uh, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. And mm -hmm. one of the recommended recommendations it has is to watch kids and and just yeah, observe observe kids and observe what they do. And if you ever have seen somebody create a workout for like a five-year-old to a 10-year-old, one of the main objectives is to have fun in that workout because they will lose interest and and kids are just and kids are really like the purest form of a human and by the time you get to 40 you still need to just have fun to keep interest in things or you're you're not going to be interested and i think that's a really good lesson that you can learn from just watching little kids is just keep things fun yeah yeah and and to your point earlier, when you summarized what a lot of longevity, I guess, skills are, are we talking about skills to develop? Like standing on one foot? Yeah. Like that's a skill and, and, and seeking out fun seems like a skill. Like these are things that you have to cultivate, right? Oh, yeah. And tracking and getting good at tracking and ob ob observing the tracking. But when I, when I think about it, I also think about kind of old philosophies. I'm sure a lot of philosophies of different types say this, that you need to rediscover what it was like being a child again in some ways mm -hmm. in order to stay youthful as you age. And, and the way you said it in terms of you're, you're closer to your natural instincts and your natural self when you're, when you're a child, you know, you haven't been, you haven't been shaped as much by right. society, you know, you're still shaped by just evolution 
as more so. The younger you are, the more you're shaped by evolution. The older you are, the more you're shaped by society, basically. But um, at the end of the day, evolution is kind of what keeps you growing, you know, keeps you getting better. And and that's what and if you like that kind of thing, <laughs> you you should probably pay attention to your natural uh, abilities because those things are hard. We're not. We're still not in an environment where you don't have to move a lot, you know, and you don't have to uh, breathe clean air, <laughs> and you don't have to have uh, functioning organs like. We're not in the matrix yet. So until then, not yet. You still got to like interact with the world around you. And in order to do that, you need to have basic human functions and you can see them in children just by taking some time and observing that. And the big one is fun. The big right. one. Is fun. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, well, I thought I like the fun one. I, I wanted to touch on one thing. Uh, one more thing that's more specific to training and so when you're training for longevity and you're doing your programming, I know we love this stuff, but do you think that doing it more of an, in a minimalist style when it comes to your training and your mobility, which is more of uh, like the workout snacks that we talk about that you've talked about before, uh, do you think that is a little bit better for, you know, for, for training for longevity than say going out and deadlifting 500 pounds and trying to shoot for that 700 pound deadlift, or do you think that they can both work to longevity or what, like, what do you prefer you think in, in this, in this sense, like a more minimalist view or like more performance view or what? I'm, I'm trying to be devil's advocate because I, I lean more towards minimalist, but I'm trying to think about what the, what the performance person would say. They'd be like, no, F it, live, live hard, die hard. <laughs> like athletic training every day till you die yeah right um what's david goggins say go hard yeah I, stay hard stay hard okay yeah but he also stretches for two hours he does two hours with a static stretching every single night which who has time for that <laughs> david goggins does david goggins has time for that but yeah i mean i think i think you want to you want to make the dose as effective as possible and so even if you're not busy a frequent dose tends to be way more effective than a large dose less frequently because it's like think going back to the road analogy that we were using earlier it's a lot easier to maintain those roads if you have regular maintenance on those roads. Right. Versus going away for a while, coming back, doing, spending a lot of money. And you spend a lot more money and resources, basically, to fix those roads, you know, up if you've been away for a while versus just doing a little bit often. And, and your skills stay polished if, as long as you're training them um accurately it feels like the best way you know if they're you're actually doing those the skill practice in a good way in a way that's going to produce the outcomes you want you know with good form with aware with awareness like we talked about earlier right 
Yeah. So, yeah, so, so finding that minimal effective dose uh, and just not, and, and, and that's going to be an experiment throughout probably your whole entire life uh, is just finding that bin. That also depends on your energy, your sleep, all sorts of stuff on a daily right. basis and a weekly mm-hmm. basis. So just being aware of your body and using your trackers and, and just fi- staying near that minimum effective dose, I think it, it is a good way to use it because if you just go hard all the time i mean what happens in in 20 years are you going to keep on going up five pounds in weight on your bench press for the next 20 years or how are you going to figure that out you know i mean you, you have to do different schemes i mean there's undulating periodization uh if you're if you're you know working for performance or bodybuilding or anything like that uh, but I, I always I, I I feel like the minimalist, if you do it now when you're younger, it's more likely that you're going to be able to do that same type of workout when you're 70 years old. Yeah. And you you teach your brain well, you teach your body to expect you to be ready for you to do most things whenever you want to versus, oh, I've got a whole week until I hit legs again, for example, you know? And so your body is, is going to be beat up and then it's going to take a while for it to recover. And then just by the time that like, it's going to take all the time that you teach it, it has. But if you teach it that, okay, we're going to have a light demand at least maybe, but sometimes we might throw a hard demand in there every once in a while, every day or most days of the week. I I think that that has a really good training effect. Yeah, uh, the high and you know a hard demand. I like that. I think over a long period of time, you need to add those in sometimes, uh, and then also on a more short period of time, like you're talking about, you do need to add those in sometimes. I mean, you can't just right. chill the whole time, right? Well, that's but- why you're at four hundred one right now, and I'm at one hundred one right now. <laughs> And I felt like I feel like 401 happened because of uh, what we talked about with like blood pressure and whatnot. I don't remember where we talked about that, but when you when you made your intervention with getting that higher intensity work more, how much better everything worked? Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I talked about it on the pod, but I did have uh, I had a higher blood pressure um, a few months ago from the doctors, and then I kind of looked at my training over the past three years and kind of just made some very small adjustments um, and just increased my intensity just a little bit and not even six days, just increased it a, a one or two of those days. And I saw dramatic results. Uh, and within six weeks, my blood pressure was down back to normal, normal levels. Look, um, and that's because you were aware of what was happening. You were measuring things, right? Yep. And then, and then you, you observed what you needed to change and and look how well look how quickly you know yeah yeah and that's what that's what it is it's all about that awareness and the tracking you know using a blood pressure monitor so i had the the actual data uh so i wasn't just shooting you know guessing in the dark uh and those things i think were all beneficial for me but but i i used that very simple minimalist style for so long while i was commuting back and forth from work and I realized that just my intensity, I, I didn't even have 
well, I, I thought my one day of intensity was going on a three mile walk with my son. And then I just realized little things like walking for me is not necessarily the same as walking for somebody who's 60 years old. So, so if I'm walking at a slow pace for, even if it's three miles, four miles, it wasn't giving me the benefits that, that I needed. So relative intensity wise. Yep, exactly. Like I was still getting my steps, which I know that's a big buzzword for everybody, but I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting the intensity that my heart health needed. Right. Right. You need that challenge. You basically need a challenge once or twice a week, I would say. Yeah. And then on the long term, I mean, I'm not saying don't do anything. Like sometimes you want to train for a marathon. Sometimes you want to, you know, do something cool. And and that that's a little bit harder, like maybe a 15 mile hike or something like that. And mm-hmm. you and and those are little things that I think spark our interest and maybe could be fun for people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really can keep you, and I'm not saying don't be dependent on those things, because that's another issue all in itself. But throwing those in as challenges can be really useful. Yeah, yeah. And they help you in more ways than one. So what else? Anything else? What are we going to, what are we going to talk about next week, then? If you want to break these things down, we'll break them down into different different parts. So we were talking about. Yeah, so we are going to do talk about all the f- different fitness philosophies that we've kind of done in our past and that are very popular. So today we talked about longevity, and then I was thinking about other sorts of goals that we can go over the next few weeks. Um, like we've we we talked about performance. Mm-hmm. and bodybuilding right yes um, so so bodybuilding i think there's a lot of programs that when you go online and you just search for a workout program a lot of those are bodybuilding programs and while i know we both have done plenty of bodybuilding programs in the past is that the best for law lo- is that best for your specific goals and then when are they good and i think i think those are all things that we'll just kind of talk about just how we kind of dipped into a little bit about what I was saying about longevity, where, mm. where I, I like to add in those extra different types of workouts or, mm. or goals, like maybe a marathon or a tough mutter or something like that, but not be dependent on those. And mm. so and in, in the same sense, we're going to talk about the fitness philosophies of the performance and bodybuilding, and how to kind of uh, add those into your life over the years. Okay. Sweet. That gives me some ideas then. All right. I think that's good for longevity though, right? Is there any other things longevity wise? Well, I think the the biggest thing is that we talked about uh, basically fitness. And then if you need, you want to get more in depth with health and stuff like that, uh, look up those two people that we talked about, Peter Atia and Andrew Huberman. They can get a little bit deeper in the 401 of, of this kind of stuff. And for, for strength training and whatnot, though, I think we touched on the things that, that we need to touch on. Sweet, sweet. And if you need uh, any clarification on those things, hit us up. And we'll, send you, we'll send you info. I've been sending – I got a whole bunch of – I got like a list. I'm compiling a list right now of like links for longevity and um, different strength exercises. I might get a little hand grip strength test. So if you're local and you want to do a little hand grip strength test. Test it out. 
let me know. All right. I love it. All right. Bye, man. Take it easy. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, guys.